The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, 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 uh. I'm waiting for it to, I'm waiting for it to fade out. Because sometimes I get impatient. And know what I do? I, uh, I reach over and I shut it off, and it just ends bluntly. I like it the way I like it. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is welcome to UFC Unfiltered. It's Matt, Sarah, and my good friend Phoenix Carnavale. What's up, Matt? Good to see you, Phoenix. I'm in a good mood. Are you in a good mood? I am. I am. You're in wearing good mood. your Ninja Turtle shirt. That yep. makes me happy. Yep. I am a Ninja Turtle, and the way I've been fucking walking lately, I'm just like a turtle. How are you feeling? Fucking, What's up? Your knees? Well, first of all, for that, what the fuck yeah. am I saying? Yeah, it's but not, I am not slow. doing your best. It's not, listen, I am slow <laughs> as fuck, though. I am just, I look at the back of my leg. See that thing? See that what fucking in the, thing? What is that? It's a cyst, man. It's a baker's cyst. Oh. How do you get rid of that? I know, and I like to show off my calves because I have such nice calves. But now you are a true martial arts master because you got the limp and all the knowledge. I was, I'm turning almost like, I'm like, I am like a, uh, I know my wife and kids, they torture me with that, with the old man shit. But uh, (laughs) I'm going from Ninja Turtle to like Master Splinter type shit. That's cool. If I ever have to use a cane, I'm going to get Longo and and start doing that. that Polly. I don't, scream got, I, don't got patience. I don't got patience to do that shit. Why not? You'd be yeah, really good at it. It's fucking kind of lame, though. No, it's not. That dog brother shit back in the day was badass. That's what it is. Not really. What are you talking Those about? Those guys would whack the fuck out of each other, put them in a headlock, <laughs> and put the, the fang choke on that the, they do with the Machado brothers. Ah, that's some old school shit. Yeah, but see, and they, they, is those like guys, the dog brothers, the Kali like stuff, it. they'd like block and it'd be like a dance. And all right. Fuck you, Cereal Pharrell. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You'd be it. good. You'd be like. They do like the block, the one, block, the two, block. You know what I'm doing? I'm fucking whacking it. I'm doing a double leg and I'm, I'm choking you with the fucking with the cane. Sea lot, man. Like, um, what's the movie? Raid Redemption? That's the that's like Sea lot and Kali yeah. and Indonesian arts. What about the Sea Luke guy that fought uh, Remco Pardo back in the day? I don't remember that. You Refresh what? my memory. What? Yeah. I, I believe it. Wait, hold on. I know Remco beat along Orlando Wick. See, you don't Orlando have Wick. you don't have short term memory. You have long term memory. <laughs> Give me some. A hundred percent, Phoenix. Orlando like, Wick. Remember that fight I, from nineteen eighty four? I'm pretty sure back in the day when uh before most people are listening were born, like back in the <laughs> early nineties, like when the UFC first came out, UFC one, UFC two and 
and three and four, it was still somewhat like style over style. So they didn't blend it all together. So you'd have a guy who does, like you just said, like Silat, Pinchak Silat, mm-hmm. fighting a guy that does judo. Yeah. And like, and uh, my buddy who I became friends with is uh, Remco Pardo, and uh, he's over in Holland. He's a big judo guy. So I'm pretty sure he fought the pen guy, the pen, the pen, the pen shot a lot guy, yeah. and fucking hip tossed him and beat his ass. But I'm, I gotta make sure about that. But I know he fought. And this is what really opened my eyes to well, Hoist, obviously Hoist Gracie, but just that really kept me intrigued about the grappling. Because here I saw another grappler fight a guy that's uh, Orlando Wheat, who was a Muay Thai, French Muay Thai champion, yeah. and he looked apart. Man, you're good. I know. I just I cleared my mouth. I and thought you, I had some. You know when you when you feel like you got a bat in a cage? I do. Or you, no, you don't. You're good. Okay. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know when you have that feeling? So I just sometimes, I like like a lizard, I do that to the, <laughs> my throat, my mouth, or I go like this. And then it's, and I don't have nothing there. You, nine out of ten times, it's nothing there. Well, but the one time pretzels. I don't, the one time I don't do it, my wife will go, go like this. And I'll there'll be something <laughs> in my mouth. And I'll go, oh my God, you're killing me. Walk around like that. No. I'm Bring like, me back to Remco These Pardo. pretzels are making me thirsty. So listen. we're gonna get, listen, reference. I know, sorry. <laughs> listen. <you're funny. laughs> I know we're going we're gonna to get back to current times in a second. But let's go back to UFC number two. We're going to go back to I over love, the weekend. No, listen. So this listen. is UFC unfiltered. We can talk about UFC so, anything. So my buddy, Remco History Pardo. History lesson. I'm watching this big guy. And he was a little heavy. Not a fat guy. But a heavy guy. He's mm-hmm. not like he was you know a trim guy. But a big, heavy, like burly guy so i see him and he came out in a gi and i see him fight this little muay thai guy and i'm like oh man the, the muay thai guy is gonna piece him up you know and uh because he's shadow boxing to the camera and got the accent he got a hold of him he got his arm he fucking threw him down and elbowed the shit out of him until he was unconscious remco pardo and i saw that shit and i was like this fucking grappling i love it i, think- I love jujitsu I love judo. I got to learn this, man. And I was on my way to learning it. Well, that's what... Didn't but, you find out about it through like Black Belt Magazine? Exactly. I remember. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. For but, me, I was... Remember there was the, the scramblers? When, yeah. Uh, like it would descramble pay-per-views and yeah. you could watch pay-per-view illegally. Don't get yourself in trouble. They'll I be know. looking for you. Phoenix. I was like, I don't know. I was super young. And my friend's that brother had like, the descrambler because he was probably okay. watching porn. <laughs> and I'm turning through the channels and I see UFC and I don't remember what fight it was, but this guy was in a gi and he gets crucifixed uh, and starts getting elbowed. That was Big Daddy Goodrich versus um, another guy, a guy, a wrestler from Carrie, something Herrera. Your memory. Uh, you believe that is shit? Freakish. That's freakish. That's true. And that dude was, that was uh, the fight he I went saw. to do like a fine man's carry or something. Big Daddy Goodrich was wearing a, yes. uh, a gi, like a black gi. Right. And he just thought he had him in a crucifix. And, the, and um, Herrera tried to. Um, like bridge towards him, and, and then oh, he got oh, elbowed. He got elbowed. Man, that it, was the and first. You know what? I mean, UFC it was just so saw. brutal. And mm-hmm. uh, but I miss. I know what you're talking about, and I miss uh, what you're talking about. Style versus style. Yeah, people will never. They got to go back and do the research and watch some of those. Yeah, that would be super you know? cool. But let's talk about speaking some, of like, fights, current fights. Yeah. Before we got the double champ calling in, I can't wait to talk <laughs> to him about his Everything? Fight, upcoming fight with Stipe, because Stipe has it in him to. To come back and avenge a loss. I mm-hmm. mean, he lost to JDS in a, in a decision, I believe. Is that correct, guys? Somebody look that up. For Let me, me look Phoenix. it up. You can look that up. Let Thank me you. Bring the computer. He lost to JDS in a, in a decision, but it was a close decision. 
I could, if you look at it, I don't think I don't think like you said, my, fought since his fight against. No, I'm talking about back in the day. Oh yeah, like not back in the day. Back in the day, a few years ago, he lost the JDS, but then he came back and he avenged that loss with a vengeance. Yes, you know, so like he has it in him to come back and uh, looking at be the guy that bested him. You know well, what I mean, Phoenix? Uh, yeah, JDS. He lost to JDS, but after that, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins in a row. And he defended the belt three times, which is but the most any heavyweight part of those wins in a row is, a, is getting redemption on JDS. Mm-hmm. Yep. JDS so, I mean, by TKO. So he shows that he lied. He, and the first fight, he lost by decision. Yep. So, I mean, look at the improvement there, where JDS probably thought, I mean, I beat him once. I'll beat him again. I'll become the champion. And uh, Steve B said, not up in here, you know? So it's very exciting. Highly competitive I, person. How, yeah, I seen that on the on the on our interview he did. He was very, he was talking, he doesn't like to lose at anything. <laughs> but I mean, who fucking does in this game, Phoenix? Well, we'll I can't wait to talk about that Mike Perry fight, not to get all over the place. Oh, God, man. You know, I, I, I was thinking on the way here. Let's start talking, before we talk to DC, let's start talking about some of the fights over the weekend. Okay. And just to keep people... Um, uh, anxious to the end. Listen to the end of the show. Wrong word. Uh, just to keep people excited. Excited. Phoenix blew people's heads <laughs> out for the fucking ears out. Interested. Is, uh, interested. Intrigued? The end of the show. Me and you were going to talk about that show on Amazon Prime. That fucking show. Um, so good. The boys. The boys. That that uh, that show is just so wild. I can't wait to talk about it with you. We both seen the first episode, and uh, it is so. It's so insane. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Yeah. It was getting hype and rightfully so. Okay. I, made, I made a list of the most gnarly faces after fights that Talk I could think of. Yeah. And and Mike Perry is on that list. What did you think? Uh, let's, uh, we're going to we'll go over the fight card. But what do you think of his fight with uh, Luke Vince, Vicente Luque? What did you think of it? Um, I think the reason why you, Perry now, you, lost you, okay. was because the judges agree? obviously are going by damage. You agree with it? And Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I definitely see how it was close. So the Round two was, I guess, the hardest to call as the exchanges became more frequent between the both of them. And, um, you know, but Perry's face was so bad. And then Perry was very busy in the beginning of the third but him getting caught in the guillotine, that flying knee. They exchanged some really good shots. I mean, but I, I think once Luque got loose, he, he pretty much had it. Yeah. I tell you, I think that fight was was really razor thin. Yes, very I think close. that could have easily went to Mike Perry. Yeah. If you judge it on damage, which you don't, because you don't judge fights on damage. You judge by which one who won each round. That last round. Well, it's a fit effective striking, right? So, yeah, well, like, I, yeah, in that sense, that ex that one strike could have won that whole round because it was that effective. But he still got that takedown. Mm -hmm. I true. was, I, well, first of all, I'm impressed by both guys. Both guys' stock went up. Mike Perry's stock did not go down. I don't give a shit. No, he's going to be like Cerrone in the fact that people watch him fight just because people like him. <laughs> yeah, but, but he's never. Like, look, when you you could be as tough as they come, but you get caught in an armbar, it's just instinct. You're going to go right. protect that arm. You're going to scream before you even tap. You know what I mean? So that's one thing. But to have your nose put on the other, literally become a question mark on your yeah. face. When he took that knee, he, he, he did not, he did not take one split second to acknowledge it, 
to show concern for his own safety, for his own, for if he's able to ever breathe again correctly. Mm-hmm. He knew. We see what it looked like. Imagine what it must have felt like. Right. He did not he can't stop. Breathe. He did not stop a second, even when he, he finished the takedown. Now, look, a guy can have a great sprawl. When you have him up against the cage, if you lock your hands together mm-hmm. underneath his butt, Nine out of ten, to- ten times, he's on the floor. Unless the grip breaks, he's on the floor. He's on the. You're getting that takedown if the hands are, are right. put together. After he took the knee, question mark of a nose, he still pushed forward and got that grip and put uh, Luke on the on I, his. On I will the floor. agree, but Luke was doing a good job of controlling Perry he by had, holding he him. He was neck. trying to sink the whole. He was, yes. He he even said himself. He said, "I I knew that I had it like eighty percent, but I was just trying to eat some time because I knew that he could unload on me." He said, "Once I knew there was like twenty seconds left, I let him go, and I was surprised that he didn't unload." And he goes, "That's how I kind of knew that he was hurt. That 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 knee yeah. really hurt him because when I first hit him with the knee, he didn't really show a reaction. He just yeah. continued to go after me. So I was like, oh, that was interesting that Luke admitted that. You know, he talked about it, and uh, and yeah, Perry was obviously hurt. No, well, Luke, like I said." No, I'm more impressed. I'm super impressed with Luke. I think yeah. Luke is awesome, well-rounded. He could he could stay in that eye of the storm and keep his wits about him. Where you're like, yo, one of these is going to take his head off, and that's one thing maybe what the judges are looking at. Where I can understand, I can understand Perry's corner. It was so close that I don't know how confident I would be because going into the third round, they were saying, "Look, you're up to." Yeah. So that's kind of. Even though I could definitely see that, especially if they're on the side and they're watching. All right, the most action in that whole round was when Mike had him up against the cage and he's unloading. But a lot of them, Luke's rolling with. So it's mm-hmm. not like he's getting lit up. Mm-hmm. It might, oh man, he's almost getting. If one of them gets through, that's a different story. But none of them really, really hurt Luke. Yeah. But and you got to be did, careful rolling with punches, especially in MMA, yeah. because of the size of the gloves, because but of the way judges see things. It's definitely a different game than boxing. Yeah. Well, that's the, well. my point is, bec- with the judges, they're right there looking at it, they, they, and, and with the monitors and whatnot, they could see if- uh, What's doing damage you know, what's and what's doing not. Damage, what's doing damage, what's doing not. Okay. That makes Where sense. I can, but, so if you're in the corner, you have to let them know- and I thought his tournament, first of all, he has a good corner. How are you talking about? Yes. They, they're, people have given credit, um, slack before. No, I think they got a good um, a back and forth. They they know each other. They know him very well. Mm-hmm. And they're honest with him. They honestly felt they were up. When that fight was over, they honestly felt they won. And I could see that side of it. I could see a point in, in and I don't want to say, I don't want to discredit Luke because he did so awesome. He definitely deserves the victory. I mean, but if Mike Perry got that decision, and they both got the bonuses, I, oh, they deserve that yeah. shit. But I, they, <laughs> they, they both stuck to their guns, man. And it was a, a respectful fight. Yet it was a fight that you couldn't take your eyes off of. I like when Perry give a fuck you to the audience. <laughs> yeah, how dare they? Perry is a very you, honest what guy. What are you booing at? You know, what, so, there was nothing to boo at. They had to, like a tiny I mean, moment of of, really? of inactivity and it, they were being booed. And, I was shocked. And that was uh, Perry. You know, that was the game plan up there. He looks, get your win back a little bit, wear him down a little bit up against the cage, you know? he He's had a lot of growth. I mean, now he's going to have six months off, off from being yeah. hit because, you know, he just had surgery. We're getting DC. Yay. We're getting the champ on the phone. Nice. Awesome. I still call him Champ Champ, right? Why not? He won it. It's the Champ Champ. 
He's a you champ know? champ. We can call him that. You have to. Who the fuck else is a champ champ? Actually, there's a, there's a lot of people. Now there's a lot. <laughs> so you know? Udo is one. Um, <laughs> but the faces thing awesome. I was saying before we get DC on the phone. Yeah. Oh, it's the man, the myth, the legend. Is this DC? Champ champ? This my boy. This my guy. Uh, What's up, big man? Oh, Daniel, thank you so much. Thank you, DC, for talking to us. You're talking to myself and the great Phoenix Carnivale. What's up, DC? How you doing, Phoenix? I'm good. We're so excited for you this weekend. I know you're sick of doing press, but you're such a professional. I know you're you're probably not that sick of it. You're you're such a pro in front of the mic. <laughs> we're burning through it. We're burning we're burning through it, Big Matt. Well, we're trying at least. Is it better that it's like right there and like how far is this place from your house? Is it like an hour or some shit? Forty five minute flight. Oh that was it. it oh, that's perfect. great. That's great. That yeah, I flew up yesterday. I was up and down. I didn't have to leave till midday Sunday. When I go to the East Coast, I got to leave early in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a um, I saw something on your Instagram. I loved with you and your wife and kids before you left. How great is it? Because I know when I just when I spent any time I was done with my training camp, it was fun, it was such a great feeling. But especially as I got a little bit older, I'm like, oh, wow, thank God I don't got to go to the hills or the Versa climber. How great is it that all <laughs> you just have to look forward to the you know you have the weight cut, which isn't as bad because you're heavyweight now. Yeah, and and you just got to look forward to the fight. But how great is it? That the camp is over. Isn't it, phenomenal? Isn't it a great it feeling? It feels so good. It feels so good. Like, you know, those pictures, those pictures that we take at the end of every fight camp have different meanings. You know, there were, there was a time in the beginning where it was just, you guys show up, let's take a photo. You know, there was no weight cut. And then all of a sudden it was a time where, uh, it was a time where, uh, every weight cut was at 205. So it was tough and it was, Let's just get this done. And now back at heavyweight, it's like, just show up. Let's do this picture. And then we're done with the training camp. It's exciting, you know, because this training camp was long because I had back surgery and I was fat. -er, (laughs) And then I had to get myself back in shape, you know. I want to, I definitely want to talk to you about that back surgery. I mean, how did you know that it was like, okay, I've exhausted every option. I need surgery. I couldn't walk, Phoenix. Like I literally could not walk, um, late December, like my back was bothering me. I would go to practice and everybody's like, what is going on? Like, it can't hurt that bad. And I'm like, it's that bad. And then I, I went and tried to spar because Kane had his fight. And then the next morning I couldn't walk. My mom left like a walking cane at my house. Wow. You can tell that you're really in some problems. And I took my mom's walking cane and I'm just like going from island to island in my house and trying to find somewhere comfortable. Deron had to like put me in the back of my truck and drive me all around San Jose trying to uh, get me better. Well, Eventually, yeah. uh, nothing was going to work. I had to have the surgery. What a poker face that you have because nobody really knew that you were suffering like that. That was the first thing. And then it, what kind of back surgery is it? Was it just compressed vertebrae? Like, what happened? So my my uh, one of my discs had ruptured, and it was sitting on my sciatic nerve. Oh. So that's, like, the worst. So it was like yeah. my whole left leg wasn't working. You know, so it was like... It was like it was just sitting and pinching on that nerve, and that's why I was not able to function, which was crazy. I'd never felt anything like it, but it was out two and a half inches. It had it had ruptured out, Damn. and it was sitting on that nerve. Uh, so they fit. And how much better do you feel now? Is it like what is it like instantly? Like when it was done, you're like, oh my god, that's so much better. <laughs> or is it like, all right, you had the rehab first, and then it felt better. Matt, it was like right away I, I could walk again, right? Oh. So that was like the first thing. I'm like, okay, I can walk. Like that's – because it's, it's it was an outpatient patient surgery. I was out of the hospital 
the same day. What? Like I, I woke up and yeah, I swear I was like, I once they shaved off that disc, off the nerve. Um, I actually got up, I went home. They said now you have to give it time because I guess your disc they sit in like a chamber. Yeah. And once the chamber rips, that's when the disc starts to, to seep off. Yeah, it's like a jelly said, donut. Give it time like a jelly, right? Yeah. Like the jelly donut. They said you have to give it time to like rebuild that that casing, and then you can start to train again. But I had to wait like four months for that to to, to rebuild. But yeah, the same day I could, I could walk. I walked out of there like thank God at least I can walk now. All right, I'm sitting here uncomfortable just listening to this. So I, I want I want to <laughs> mildly change the subject of something that. Uh, listen, you're a great fighter, and we we love you for that. But I personally mm-hmm. have some questions about the detail show that show dc is so dope it is so good and you just have an analytical eye how does one who works in the mma industry or anybody who aspires to do what you do develop that analytical eye i think what i do is when i'm watching these fights i'll watch them the first time just as as a fan because I, I watch them all mm-hmm. i love the fight so i'll watch the fights and i'm like oh he's doing this pretty cool you know like over and over he's doing this one thing but then when i got the detailed job it was my job now to go back to some of those memories i had of let's say connor right i was like okay i remember when connor fought eddie and how he was doing such a great job of just making a little bit of space by slipping off to the left and then landing the counter how do I explain that to the general public, how you develop that type of, of skill, you know? And, and you just watch in a way where if you're going to fight the guy or, or prepare for the guy, how do you train your athlete uh, to fight him? You know, it's a, it's, a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of an uncomfortable thing, especially when you do it on your teammates because <laughs> you're almost telling uh, a lot of things that people may not pick up as they, uh, as they just prepare for fights. Kobe said that was one of his biggest issues where people were like, come on, man, like you're talking about the things I do bad. What if people start attacking that? He's like, well, you need to fix it. How did that show get? Now, because you're good at that, did you bring that up to them? Like, hey, how about this as a show? Or did they say, DC, try this out? This is this as you written all over it. How did that come well, about? Whenever they, well, Kobe has a detail. Peyton Manning has a detail. So when they wanted to do an MMA one, um, Dana was like, Daniel Cormier is perfect for this. Him and Craig Borsardi are like, DC's perfect for this. So uh, they reached out to my management team and asked if I could do a, like a, a tryout video. I sent the tryout video. It was me in my, my room because they told me, this is the setting. You in a dark room. You're just watching a fight. And you're breaking down the fight to the best of your ability. Every little detail. Talk about it. So I went in the room. I closed the door. I put on Conor versus Habib because it's a long fight and it's the biggest fight. And I knew Kobe and I knew his, his assistant Molly. They would have seen that fight, right? Because everybody saw that fight. Right. And uh, I went and I just broke it down. And he was like, Kobe's like, he's perfect for it. He goes, we want DC not only for his mind, but also because it falls in line with the other guys that are hosting the show. You know, Kobe with his multiple NBA titles, Peyton with his multiple uh, NFL titles, and, and, and now me with what I've done in my career. Now, Stipe Miocic, I mean, super dangerous. He's shown the ability to come back and beat guys that bested him before. Maybe not the way you bested him. Like, he came back, he beat JDS, he, and he 
and he was a different guy from when he fought him the first time. Does that concern you at all? Yeah, it's concerning. I mean, he's a tough guy. He knows how to fight, you know, and in the Dos Santos fight, you saw him and his coaches. He's got phenomenal coaches. You know, mm -hmm. Marcus is a great coach. and Yes, um, underrated. Underrated, in my in my opinion. Very underrated, yes. Marcus Marinelli, right? So they saw what he gave Junior issues with in the first fight, and they just attacked much earlier in the second fight. They saw in that fight that when Junior was having success, it was in the center of the octagon. But when they were able to land at will, they put Junior against the side of the fence. And Junior had long had that issue, scale on the side of the fence. That's why Kane always beat him up so bad. Yeah. His back was always against the fence. Yeah. Stipe just attacked that. He's a big, strong heavyweight. He was very aggressive, and he was able to knock that, land that knockout punch, you know. But it's a much different fight, you know. I'm, I'm sure they probably saw some things in my game. <laughs> they think they can exploit, but, you know, I'm, all, I'm always getting better. It's funny because, you know, he recently just said that he's working on fixing his flaws. What do you think the flaws he's referring to are? Well, the one that I actually talked about right before it worked the day before the fight, you know, like him. Uh, the transitions? Him exit. Yeah, between the clinches. You know, he, he had a bad issue when he would exit the clinch. He would always carry his hands really, really low. And um, I said that the night before the fight, and I ended up, knocking him out in that same position. So I'm sure they've addressed that. But that's not the only thing that we've seen in Stipe's game that uh, gave us the confidence to go and even take that fight in the first place. You know, like, you don't fight just anybody. You know, like, when I was going up to heavyweight, uh, the champion was Stipe, and he's not a big guy. He's 240 pounds. And, you know, he's not like a 280-pound Francis Ngannou. You know, he's like 240. You know, it's like he's a wrestler boxer just like myself. So... Uh, just in terms of the matchup, we feel confident when it comes to it. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, buddy. You're doing <laughs> fucking phenomenal at heavyweight, right? I mean, at 40 years old, what? And you beat Stipe already. I mean, don't get me wrong. Motivation enough because he's he's such a, a dangerous guy. What? Where do you get the motivation? I was like 36 at the end, and I'm getting punched in the face by my buddy Lytle. Like, all right, this is fucking, I'm getting sick of this shit. <laughs> I had a vagina on my head. We headbutted. I go, this is, I'm dumb. I want to go to the park with my kids. I was done, DC. Yeah. What is, what is, Man, I mean, yeah, and, and, and I didn't accomplish. Did I, I didn't accomplish like, nearly. Did uh, uh, I don't know. Twenty six. So I was in there for ten years. I just had enough. Yep, I don't know. And I'm rolling up on ten years right now, man. Okay, that's yeah. it for me. Right? I yeah. started at at thirty. I was about to turn thirty one. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like I started so much later that this thing was new to me. I spent a lifetime in wrestling. That's amazing. So once I got to mixed martial arts, it was so new. It was so fresh. And now I feel like I'm still getting better. But my motivation comes from my family. That's, uh, <laughs> for my children. You know, like my oh. children, my son loves his dad being a heavyweight champ. You know, my, my, my daughter understands it a little bit, not as much as my boy. You know, and, and it gives me a way to provide for Selena and my kids. You know, I, I love competition. I love walking through the curtain. Like there's no feeling. Oh, uh, yeah. Like walking through the curtain. There's no feeling like stepping into that octagon with 18,000 eyes on you, uh, going crazy, wondering what's going to happen. Yep. And the greatest feeling of it all is being in there afterwards with the people that mean the most. My kids come in the octagon every time. My wife, we walk to the back and my entire team's there. I don't know how they do it. Uh, Cassandra does it. She gets my whole family, which is 35 people, <laughs> in the back of the UFC. Yeah. Pass the three. I don't know how they do it. 
but every time I get to walk back there and hug and, yeah. and, and everybody's just so happy, I feel like those performances make them so proud and, I just want to be a guy that makes everybody proud. Ah, it stays with him for the re- you know a lifetime. Everybody, it's a beautiful thing. We're gonna end it on that because that was beautiful. Oh man, I wanted to ask. Oh no, one go ahead. Thing. Ask one more thing. Go ahead, DC. <laughs> <laughs> so the other night I was bored and I was watching old YouTube videos, right? And I saw these newscaster bloopers, which are straight hilarious. So I was wondering, <laughs> have there been any bloopers or like outtakes that have happened to you that are pretty funny and memorable? Oh, there was, there was there was a ton at Fox. Like <laughs> they were always just filming, and they would make like blooper reels, and they were just terrible. But <laughs> my whole entire start to my television career was a on a blooper because back in two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, I hosted a show called On the Mat with Daniel Cormier on a local public access television channel in like Wayne's Worldish. <laughs> like it was me and one camera and a guy named Ethan Kyle. And we talked about wrestling and we interviewed people. That was just a year-long blooper. If you could ever find that, which I hope nobody ever does, <laughs> then you'll have some fun with me. Why is that? You just knew in front of the camera or was just being silly? I didn't know or? what I was doing, man. I didn't know what I was doing. But they gave me they gave me the rope to try. And yeah. I think that's why I've been so successful in this as we've gone forward. Because it allowed me to put on a red light, even though it was just one red light, not six, seven, like, they have in front of us today you know it's funny i mean everybody's got to start somewhere right you go back and you look at joe rogan's early early podcast it's him and a couple bunnies messing around you know what i mean and then now look at him you know and and now look at you champ 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 it's amazing what a journey it's amazing well listen man journey man we're so proud i mean um happy to know you you're such a great guy you're such a role model we love you dc and best of luck this weekend my man Thank you so much, Matt. Man, I'm so happy to have made all these friendships with you guys over the course of this career. I'm a lucky, lucky man. So thank you, guys. Phoenix, thank you. Nice talking to you. You're the best, DC. All right, Jim. Jim. All Take right, care. Guys. Bye-bye. Right, listen, I can't wait for that fight, Phoenix. Yep. I Saturday, Honda Center, August 17th, Anaheim, California. Stipe in DC as the main event. Nate Diaz. Who do you take? Uh, Because you're not going to be here next episode. You do. Yeah, I mean. It's hard to say that. It's hard to say Stipe after the last fight because you're so used to that. Well, But Stipe is a competitor. He's a competitor. And he's hungry to win. And he's a beast himself. Look what he he did with Francis. It looks like he's focusing on volume and speed. So I think DC will have to tie him up. And I do think DC is a better wrestler. He never lost at heavyweight. No. I mean, and, that's something but, and, you know, and then age and back surgery and all those things. But it's very hard to go against DC in my house. Uh, my boyfriend would kick me out. He's oh, yeah. A huge he's DC a, he's fan. a big fan. Loves him. Loves him. I'm a big fan of DC. Huge fan of DC. I'm also a fan of Titans on the DC app. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. You got to get with the time. But that whole card is good because you know Pettis and and Diaz as well is the co-main. So it's it's a it's the, a um, good card. This is what I was doing during that show because you were looking at me, and uh, you're like, "Why is he?" Texting? I thought you were texting no, me something I was that you didn't texting, want to say out loud. Uh, I was texting our buddy Dean Thomas. Oh, and this is what I wanted to do, but you know, Dean Thomas. You want him to call in? No, fuck that. <laughs> I love I love Dean Thomas. <laughs> Dean Thomas, he uh, 
in the looking for a fight, I, I I wanted to get the name of the guy that DC was cornering or he was buddies with. Um, and the last looking for a fight, uh, Dean Thomas was cornering um, one of his fighters, and it went versus this guy Jimmy Lawson. Okay. Okay, and that was um, DC's guy, according to according to Dean Thomas. He better not fuck this up, but I think it is. Yeah. So the guys uh, and Dean, Dean's guy beat this guy Jimmy Lawson. Now. September 13th on Ring of Combat, my brother-in-law, Edwin, is fighting Jimmy Lawson. I was oh, br- nice. I was going to bring that up to DC because he's buddies with this guy. But uh, so Dean much, Thomas- listen, there's, there's so much to talk Dean to Thomas, DC about. Uh, dropped the ball. But he's doing so many interviews. So, of course, people are asking him about John Jones. People are asking him about it's, the this little documentary they did on him that's coming on E60. It yeah. should be on right now. And it's a really good profile about DC's life. You know, becoming champ. It looks very cool. I have not watched it yet. I've seen parts of it about him coaching, still coaching high school wrestling. So he's doing a lot of media. So I'm sure it's got it. That's why he's yawning. I know. I love that guy though. I was he's like, such a, he's a good dude. You see him working with like the the the, the wrestling youths, yeah. the youths. Yeah, he's good. He's a good. Try to do that. Like, what's that? My cousin Vinny. I got a lot Two of youths. Uh, I got a lot of like movie <laughs> references. I get all them these, all. That's all why we're friends. But all millennials are probably shaking their head like, you they old motherfucker. They don't get us. But listen, maybe we expose them to good stuff. Let's talk about the fights. Okay. And then- Where were we up to? We I were talking talk about, about Perry. Boys. I can't wait to talk about the boys. And the boys. Oh, really quick. Uh, her, her dog, what's the, the wrestling, the, the jiu-jitsu guy I wanted to talk about? Gotta find his name. It's um. It was Adolfo Vieira. That's who it was, Adolfo. And he defeated. He finished Dakota. And he finished with a beautiful head and arm choke. And you know he's undefeated. And as a brown belt, they used to call him the black belt hunter. That's how good he is in jujitsu. Phenomenal in jujitsu. And I just. Couldn't wait to see how he did. He needs to be, and listen, this comes with time. A couple of things that I noticed. He, he doesn't have, I think he has some heavy hands. I believe he landed a jab and the guy he felt, and uh, yeah, his he did. felt it. He did. He's got to get more time sparring. He's got to feel, and not being allowed to take the guys down. He's, how about this? But he landed some coach, solid strikes before he took but, them down. But it got to the point where he started getting tired. If he relies just on his, if his striking doesn't evolve, and he doesn't get dangerous. And just say if he doesn't get any takedowns, he have to give he has to give these guys something to respect. Right. And his opponent really had nothing to respect. He needs to show a, hey, I'm willing if this thing stays the stands up stays up the whole time, that's fine with me. Or, yeah, you have to blend it better with the the feints and the strikes and the shots. What do you mean? Because he looked like he was tired in the second when yeah, he went I, into the second. I, and I believe I don't want to give disrespect to his opponent. Where's his opponent? It's so low I can't Dakota? see. Dakota. What? Can you make that a little bit bigger? Thank you. Thank Oscar? You. Yeah, Oscar. It's just spelt with a K. That's why I thought. Oh. <laughs> Oscar. Yeah. Well, um, he had he was started, you know, he took away several takedowns. You know, he got this to the second round. Yeah, he landed he some elbows the from the either. bottom too. And up against the cage. And again, I know this is like on the job training for Hodolfo though. Because you've shown that he's lacked he's shown that he's been practicing his stand up at low because they didn't look awful the technique. But it looks like a guy that's lacking the timing, the the, the hours and of, of sparring. Sure. I know what that's like. Cause that's why I came in the UFC. I had to make up that time 
while I was already in the UFC. Yeah, it's like, you psychological know I mean? too. You have to get confident <coughs> with your hands, you your flow, your transitions. You got to get the time in. Yeah. So I'm not saying just sit there and beat the crap out of each other, but you got to get your rounds of sparring. And if you want to get the takedowns in, that's fine. But how about this? 30 seconds on the floor, you stand back up. You can't let this. If you're his tra- if you're training him, his, this goes to his trainers. Don't let him spar and take it to the floor and keep it there. Uh, fine, do that towards closer to the fight. Get a month, two months, the first month, he's 30 seconds on the floor standing back up. One, and his endurance is going to be phenomenal. He's going to be able to quick it, get it done quick down there. He's going to keep moving down there. You know, like Any lot, you have to get that going. Otherwise, what happens is also, it reminded me of like my second fight with Eves Edwards, where I get the fight to the floor, and I was just trying to out-jujitsu him. I wasn't adding the strikes in love. Enough. Uh-huh. So that's he was he was he was here and there, but not enough to really look to get to a position where I like when I was behind Shoney the second fight, I'm letting my hands go and I busted my hand on his head. You gotta really look to punish these guys. And again, that comes that's the difference between jujitsu, yeah. submission grappling, Brazilian jitsu tournaments, and that that change over to mixed martial arts. So and that's again, funny because as a you coach, know. you can kind of see exactly what homework he needs to do to evolve for the, his next fight. Of course, even though I you started at the bottom, right. Phoenix, and now, and now I'm here with you. Let's move on. <laughs> but good job. I want to see what's next for him, though. That was. Uh, um, well, was who do you want to talk about next? Give me that other armbar you brought up earlier. Oh, well, that was the first fight of the prelims. I was at a Sweet 16, so I missed several. So that's why we had to make up when I got here. It was, it was good. The transition, the armbar was beautiful. It was Va- uh, Veronica Macedo versus Pollyanna Viana. And Macedo was actually on a, a three-fight skid. But this is the fastest sub in flyweight history. You said, wait, wait, hold on. Macedo was on Had the- lost three in a row. I think Pollyanna had lost two in a row. Um, so this was a crucial fight for both of them in that strawweight division. And then, you know, Veronica just pulled that armbar out. It was beautiful. It was, I loved it so much. How many times did we watch it earlier? We like, watched it three times. Now, or more. And I'm going to watch it another dozen times. Because well, tell me what you Poly- liked about this it. This is the thing. Pollyanna was trying to pass uh, her guard, but she was trying to basically pass her knee line and her half guard to settle into half guard. Right. But what was so beautiful, what Veronica was doing was she was making sure that she that that Pollyanna couldn't settle in past her knee guard, her knee line. Let's say like um, uh, Frankie Edgar did the Cub Swanson, and he beat him up from there, and then Cub would try to explode, and he'd either mount him, he'd explode, he'd get his back, he'd explode, he'd get back to half guard, past the knee line, and he settled in there. And that was a beautiful thing by Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson. You can look that up. Mm-hmm. Everybody at home can look that up. Now, Pollyanna was trying to pass. It was good. But Veronica never let her settle in. And she got inverted and rolled into this arm lock that I have to watch again to see how she did it. Yeah, I think she even trapped her head and her other arm at one point. I'm going to have to watch it again because I don't have it down yet. And it was a beautiful thing. And it was so So fast. And the way she secured that arm lock. Uh, yes, pop. Uh, what? Props. And Props. Pop, That's an old 90s term. Pops you should to the know arm, that. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? It's an old it 90s hip hop term. Props. Who sometimes, got the props? Sometimes when I teach the arm lock. showing my age right now. I'm sorry. Speaking of that, when I teach arm lock sometimes, I'm like, all right, you start in the guard, you put that foot in the hip and your head and shoulders up and you're doing a crunch. And you know how like in break dancing, you spin on your lower back? Do you guys know what break dancing is? You should Google that shit. <laughs> like I'm, I'm talking to kids. They don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, huh? we've got to update our terminology. That's what I'm going to do next time I bring up the fucking... <laughs> it's like breakdancing, electric boogaloo. We've got to update our... 
It's like that great group Tribe see? Cold Quest. Remember them? I keep watching. I keep listening to Tribe Cold of Quest. Of course you do. I love that. That's how. I remember that... when we first became friends? I made you a mixtape. That was part. That's how when we became That's embarrassing. Friends. Was it a CD? It was a CD, and it was like a, a old school hip hop CD. Look at us now. I know. I can't wait to talk about the boys. Talking about Drake. I can't wait to talk about the boys. I'm so excited about it. That's going to happen, but we have we're more to- fights. All right, a couple more fights. We have more we're fights. To- we're going to talk about that. Uh, anything else from the prelims you want to talk about? I want to talk about this serial gone dude versus Rafael Pessoa. Now, it was yeah, a little sloppy. The, yeah. It was a little sloppy, but... No, 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 no. I don't think... Uh, the, the, who was sloppy? Uh, what's his name? Agane. Gone. 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 He's a new heavyweight prospect. This is why I want to talk about him because he's talk French to me dude. About him. He's he's uh, one of Francis Ngannou's training partners, and he was in Glory Kickboxing. And you know me, I love my kickboxers. That's kind of my. That's where I came from. Yeah. Kickboxing, but he sinks in an arm tri- triangle, and you I know thought, who laughs at those kickboxers is Remco Pardo uh, <laughs> from UFC number two. He throws them and he elbows them in the head. No, but just you know, he, nobody he, knows that guy. I'm, he, gonna, I'm giving that guy a shout out. It's good. When I was you're, 20, you're our 20, little history lesson. Twenty years ago, when I was twenty. 23 years old. This is why the movie, we're going to come back to that. When I was 23? I feel like Longo. I was just about to sing like, like... Don't feel like Longo. Longo doesn't sing. And he doesn't dance. But he likes Frank Sinatra. He's just Sinatra. got blue eyes and he wears blue shirts. <laughs> and they, they bring out his eyes. But I went with my buddy Pleak, right? And uh, Flavio something or rather. I forgot his last name. And we went on that Euro train. That's why the movie Hostel... This is Hostel, like the MMA version is, of E! True Hollywood Stories. That, that's why that movie, the movie Hostel really scares me. Because if I was on that hostel, you ever seen the movie Hostel? I know. I don't. I can't deal with scary movies. If, no, I don't. But listen about this. I was 23 and I was on that Euro train. I started in Holland and I visited my first cousin, David, who lives there in Amsterdam. And I visited Remco Pardo. That's why I bring up Remco. Yes. And I, uh, I, and I, I, I did a seminar at his place and me and my buddy, um, Pleak, we, uh, it was Purple Belts. But anyway, this brings me back to Hostel. Ready? Okay. So I got on that Euro I'm worried. train. I don't know we why. We started, we started, uh, in Amsterdam, and then we went to France, then to London on that Euro train. Imagine if we met some dude who showed us pictures of a certain hostel that loves Americans and Brazilians. You don't think me and my buddy Pleek are going to go there, and my buddy Pleek's going to get his Achilles slit slit? See, I don't know what you you're referencing because I haven't seen the movie. Okay. But now I'm definitely not going to watch well, it. Well, listen, the movie's disturbing, but <laughs> what's disturbing about it is if anybody's seen Hostel, if I could have, I could have lived it. Because I would have took the bait. No. I would have took the bait. Because when I was 23, my pecker would have led me to that hostel <laughs> and I would have been killed. Well, it's a good and my, thing. I would have got away. You're and I would have got now. killed in the sequel. But my buddy Pleak would have got his Achilles killed, not slit. But now you're doing looking for a fight and you're standing all posh. <laughs> Did Dean send us back something horrible? I just horrible? wanted to get my buddy, uh, he's saying, yes, wrestled at Penn State. All right, I'm done talking about that guy, Dean Thomas. Cyril. I wanted him to call in. Guy didn't, he guy should call in. Cyril. What? Which you weren't impressed with his okay. head. What's an arm triangle, I believe. All right. I think I gave enough attention to my good friend, Remco Pardo. <laughs> call him. He's going to get a lot of new followers Is, on his Instagram. Yeah, call him. But actually, I do want, when we I when like we giving are done, some shine to the unsung heroes. You know the balls that get in that cage at UFC number two? You don't know what the fuck's going on. No, And then he lost to Hoist Gracie. The announcers didn't know what was going on. He lost to Hoist Gracie by getting strangled. <laughs> Hoist Gracie showed up. You're a grappler. I'm a grappler. You know judo. I know jujitsu. And you know judo. So judo know what you're going to do. Judo know. Judo know what you're going to do. Judo know. Yeah, that's that was appropriate. 
That was a good one. I miss you, Phoenix. <laughs> I miss you too. I can't wait to talk about the boys. All right, listen. We have more boys to talk about. Let's, and right. then we have Let's the go. ladies in the main event to Let's talk, talk about. Let's talk about it. I was so impressed with both. Really quick, Mike Mike Perry, Vicente Luque, both those guys, I'll watch anytime they fight. Both their stock went up. Congrats to Vicente Luque. I feel it literally could have went both ways, but you got to give credit to that knee. It did land. And I give credit for Mike Perry. He took that better than anybody else could take that. Seriously, fighting up, fighting. Flying knees are like in vogue right now. Everyone's throwing them. And they're they're landing them. No, and that's just like when Anderson threw the front kick, everybody was like, karate kid front kicks all day, every day. And it makes sense to me. Leoto introduced Randy Couture to that fucking thing. It wasn't good. No. It wasn't good at all. No. Holy shit, man. But I like it. But bring it back, though. Bring it back. Bring it back right before we talked about that. We were talking about Mike Perry. Yes, hold on. Some people, looks are deceiving. You look at Mike Perry, you're like, that guy looks like a savage. Guess what? He's a sweetheart. Yes, but he's a fucking savage. He is a the savage. Looks, the looks are not deceiving. No, but he's a nice dude too. I he's was a at great Equinox, guy. which is like one of those fancy ass gyms, right? Yeah. And I'm walking down the steps and I look and I see this dude and I'm like, no way. What? What's Mike Perry doing? You're fangirled. And I'm like, Mike Perry? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, I hate Phoenix Carnivale. And he's like, okay, no idea what. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. oh, you know, I'm going to do some MMA stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to talk to him for a few minutes. Super nice. Okay. Super, super nice guy. And uh, and yeah, it was the first time I ever met him. Yeah, Randomly he, not in an MMA setting. He came up to me with his girlfriend ages ago at one of the fights. And I seen him fight before that. And I wasn't sure how I felt because he was very cocky. Like, but now, now that I know him, now, when he came up to me, very nice guy. Yeah. Girlfriend, very nice guy. Fiance, wife, I don't know now. I don't know. But Fiance, ve- they're, they're going to get nice. married very, soon. They were very nice. And uh, and then I seen him fight. Then I seen him on the mic. And then I seen him in person. Then I seen him behind the scenes. I seen him on his Instagram. I, he's, dude, the guy, he is who he is. Yeah, he's great. Down he's to cool. earth, dude. Classy guy. I seen a post of his he did with with uh, Vincente congratulating him. Not mm-hmm. sour grapes. No. Not saying hey this could have went either way. Not saying that. Just hey man, congratulations. I don't have anything. No bats no, in the cave. Right? No, no bats Thank in the cave. You, no you saw that? Boring. I was just making sure I got a witch. Sometimes you got to do it. You got to okay. like the worst sure. is when you have a booger that's hard and you can feel it in there. It's, yeah. Uh, was that too much? No, We're me. close. Don't, We're you close. don't bother me. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, so this. Guy, what are we so talking I, about? Not your boogers. We're talking about Luke. I brought you there. You have no shame. You're talking about, you had that hemorrhoid commercial, but that's acting. I love that commercial. That's acting. I love that commercial. Listen, congrats to both those guys. I love both those guys. Wait, I'm I, saying, what was I gonna, the guy, what I got do tattoos wanna, on his face yeah. and he backs it up. He took that you knee. You don't he give took that knee. How about this? Get another tattoo on the face. You deserve it because you don't give a fuck. You know you're going you don't give to a fuck be about his nose. a professional fighter if you tattoo your face. You're he like, was smart. When this he is was, it. When he was caught in that thing, he wasn't protecting that neck. Like, I hope I don't get choked. He was like, let me, and that choke was getting close. Mm-hmm. But he was like, let me take enough and let me show that I'm not, like, he gave a thumbs up and he's working the ribs. He's yeah. working the, you can't hold him and hurt him at the same time. And cho- so he's hitting him. He's Look, hitting him. And then he went back to defend. I mean, dude. You're high on Perry right now. I've I totally always been, get though. It. I like Perry. I like Perry. How about this? You walk it, you talk it. He took that knee. And I, and again, credit to, I don't want to, the silent assassin. I'm even a bigger fan now. I like Luke. Luke's becoming a friend of the show. Oh, for sure. So I don't want to discredit him. But to take a knee. And oh, by the way, I am a big guy. There's some guys that say shit in between rounds that just want to be heard. What do you and mean? It, 
listen, I'll let you know, buddy. But you know, I get in, you know, if I see a squirrel, I'm gonna get the wrong. <laughs> but there's some people they say shit in the rounds that want to be. They're just for a sound bite. And there's other guys that want to get through to their fighters and believe in it. I like Henry Hooft. I'm big on Henry Hooft I in the corner. Why. I understand He's I've technical. And I would love to see. I liked what Perry's got corner was saying to him. And uh, I, I wasn't great about I thought it was too close to say he won the fight, but that's okay. Uh, they, they could probably learn from that from this fight. They're going to take them, them guys in the corner guys are going to say, you know what? Now in hindsight, judges who knows what the fuck they're watching. They could say if they really truly believe he won every round. If it's that close, say hey, listen, too close. Let's put a stamp on this shit. That knee should have been intended. They were basically wanted him not to get fuck up in that last round because they thought he was that far ahead, and he wasn't. I learned that shit from Marab in his fight with uh, fucking. Uh, well, look, I, I size. the list of the no, Henry Hoof. Yeah, you're so funny. I love you know why I love you because you know what I did the rub because I'll, I'll I'll never love. I know. I was like, but wait, Henry he's not Hoof finished. said to him, "Show him who's the better striker." He said that between the second or third round. I, I got to see when he said it, but he was so confident on what he was. Wa- I got to watch it again just for that. Because now, because he was confident on what he was watching, he was confident on Vicente's ability not to get blasted with these big strikes. He was comfortable in that eye of the storm. You didn't see Vicente saying, all right, fuck this, let me get this to the floor. Right. He didn't say that. Right. He said, I'm going to, he came back at him. I was so impressed with that fight. It deserved to get fight of the night. I love it. I'm getting amped. I'm getting, well, they both got this. the bonus. I'm getting fucking amped up nice. talking about it. <laughs> I like that fight, Phoenix. It had, it had pretty much everything. And, uh, and it had heart and, and grit and skill. Skill to land that knee in that last round. How about this? If it came down to that last round, that knee, it might have it might have got the decision to Vicente, but it really raised Perry's stock as well. I can't say enough about that. I'm telling you, he's going to be like one of those guys like Cerrone where people just love him and that it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. The We're last, just always going to see him. The, but he's going to be on a break for a while. Two things come to mind when I see that, that Noah's like that. Mm-hmm. Two tough, tough warriors. One's Rory McDonald, and that was him with Robbie Lola. Robbie. Well, you see the nose yeah. just get crunched. Yep. And he's just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm fucking done. And 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 that's a lot, that, that that had to kill him. And, and he came back since then. And then the other one was Rich Franklin with Anderson Silva. Oh, that and that's the most reminiscent. On the other side that's of what you're too. just looking at with Mike Perry. Yeah. But when he landed that knee. That was the, the end of Rich Franklin. That was the end of Rich Franklin. His nose was there. He's looking at that thing, saying, "I better open up a fucking smoothie shop." <laughs> Not being a dick, he opens up. A, I swear to God, he opened up. <laughs> listen. So listen, Mike well, Perry. They're, they're, he, Mike Perry ate that shit. Thinking about what tattoo he's getting on uh, the next day, he fucking got his hands gripped together. He, they weren't gripped. He goes, all right, I, that my nose ain't there, but let me get this fucking all thing right, down. So th- let a- me put a stamp on it, Phoenix. That's what Mike Perry I, said. I, let me punch his ribs. My nose is coming like a force. And what nose? Fuck my nose. I hope Mike Vicente, listens to this. Take my nose. Because we have spent take 25 nose, minutes on please. him. Let's move away from right. the nose for a second. Thank you. That I will say that it is on my list of the most yeah. gnarliest faces ever. Cerrone versus Ferguson. Blah. That was crazy. He looked crazy. Uh, who else? Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway. His yeah. face was crazy. Yeah. Those are some of my top. And then Robbie's ripped open lip versus Rory. Yeah. But you know whose face was totally fine was Shevchenko's. 
Now, what do you think of the fight? Tell me what you think of the, the, the fight with her and Liz Kamuch. Uh, well, I mean, of course, Shevchenko is dominant. Karmouche, I was just... Look, she has two choices. She takes a risk and possibly gets head kicked into the oh. the stratosphere. Karmouche. Or, you know, she tries to play it safe, which she did, but she doesn't land anything or she doesn't do anything or she's not able to complete anything. So it was just really not the best game plan or she really just wasn't able How to many set rounds anything up. did you up? think she won? Zero? Now... Did you think she get won to that game? last round with please guys with Liz Kamuch? <laughs> Kamuch, I'm fucking it up. I'll get the name right. I'm not an amateur. I am an amateur, Phoenix. You didn't get it wrong. It was just, it was just the way a, you a said it. Was, Italian. It was very, very Italian New American. York. It was awesome. Yeah, I like it. Thank you, Phoenix. You're welcome. Phoenix, Phoenix. I've been playing so much virtual reality. I love it so much. Have you I, done the void yet? Have we discussed this? Okay, it's happening. It's going to be, we're going to have to do our own. uh, Podcast? Yeah. I'm going to get sued, though. I I think I'm only allowed to do this podcast. We have to do the void. Let's get to this. I just want to hear if there's urgency. Because if oh, we're talking about what her corner said. Yes, between in the last round. Okay. Well, you you are the authority on criticizing corners. Well, I'm not trying to criticize. I just want to hear. Let's hear, gang. Can we hear for the world? Nice and loud. All right. I don't want to hear this corner. Let's see if they go to the other corner. This is Valentina's corner. You're winning every exchange all the time, but she's going to risk right now. She's going to risk right now. Right. The Valentina's corner. That's what she has to do. Right. Just outplay her to catch her the right time. I believe you can finish this fight later. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. They're telling Liz that they got to finish her. And that's what they have to tell her. So I'm, sure. I'm, I'm definitely not going to criticize them. Um, I just wanted to hear what they said. And if there was urgency, and it was, they knew there had to be a finish. The problem is that. Did you see Liz? I feel, I feel for the girl. Yeah. Did you see Liz's face right there? She looks kind of like Defeated. she's got a puzzle in front of her yeah. and she just is missing pieces. Um, you got it. You got to risk it. You got to go out on your shield. Uh, Valentina. She was just, she just handled business. She's just so technically solid. She, I just think that she was like, why even take it up a notch? I'm just winning everything. Right. So she did win every exchange. Uh, I think, I feel like Liz just could not figure out her out. No. And she got caught with a few things that made her really say, all right, you know what? I'm not taking that risk. To Even if I went for a shot, the pull guard, pull in half guard. You got to go out on your shield. You know what I mean? You know how frustrating it is. Have you ever sparred with somebody you can't hit? I find it more defeating and demoralizing than anything else. Like getting punched in the face isn't as bad sometimes when you're trying so hard to get to someone and you can't. You, is, you, it well, emotionally breaks you more than you getting know, be, beat gotta, up sometimes. You got to fight your way in. You got to be willing to have that attitude to take one to give one or sure. take one to get a hold of somebody. Sure. You know, when I had a shot at the title, I remember the fight before that was... Um, 
I remember watching a fight, and it was a title fight, and it was Tim Sylvia versus Jeff Munson, and it was one of the worst fights I ever seen in my life. It was so fucking boring, and Munson was shooting from across the cage, and the Tim Sylvia was sprawling like a big sloth, and it was just a horrible <laughs> fight. And I remember saying, "Look, and yeah, dude, I don't give a fuck if you got a, I mean." I'm I'm going out on my shield. That's why when I, I was going to fight George St. Pierre's, I couldn't, that would have been me if I didn't want to get hurt, right. shooting and going to my back. So I knew if you have a him or me uh, attitude, it's going to go like this. My first fight, it was me. My second, second my first fight, it was him. The second fight, it was me as far as getting Well, I up. remember because but, I, I interviewed you, you before. You got to take that fucking shot, man. I interviewed you before the fight with George or after. I think it was after. And... You had said I knew that he was a better wrestler than me. I knew um, I knew that he was. So I had worked that overhand right. I was throwing a medicine ball. I was trying to use oh, yeah, that yeah. throwing that hand over and over again. I had worked on the timing of the sparring because I knew what my opportunities were going to be, where I was strong, where he was strong, and and you had knew that you had to take a risk. Certainly paid off. The reason why I brought up um, brought up uh, Hodavo uh, Vera before, yeah, is because like if my game stayed when I first got in the UFC and never evolved, my fight with Frank Triggs is a different fight. Not that I'm not, I wouldn't win. It's just a different fight. Uh, you know what I mean? Trying to enforce my and impose my jujitsu with a guy with better wrestling. My fight, a lot of my fights that I had in my third later in my career. If I didn't evolve with my striking, I'm not winning. Mm. You know, I'm not. I mean, I had to knock out Trigg. He had great wrestling. He, uh, if I tried to out grapple um, GSP, that's a totally different fight. Right. But if you knew, I'm just, I'm lucky I have heavy hands, basically. If you know it's a him or me type of thing, you got it. That's why uh, Hadolfo's got to develop. He's got some power. Well, what, what could De- have, what, what could have Carmouche done? Like maybe feint or fake more? I mean, it's like a high level striker like that. Listen, who moves the way she Shevchenko will move a half an inch and she's out of the way. It's easy to say what you're going to do with a girl that that skilled in front of you. So so skilled. But you had your two months to prepare for that. You got to have some Hail Marys in there. Right. When I fought it. GSP that second time, shit fight, one of my worst fights. You know, whatever with the camp wasn't one of my one of my best, but it was it was what it was. I got to the fight. I knew there were certain chances I was going to take. And from the limited time it was on the feet, I got out. I got up a couple of times. Uh, I did a high kick that he took away. But in that exchange, I threw that high kick. Mm-hmm. If it didn't, if he didn't block it and he took it away easy, and I threw that up real close to him. If that shin would have landed on his, uh, my shin would have landed on his on his uh, chin because it, it got up there, right, and, and knocked him out. This, you know, what I'm saying it would have built a statue on my ass. So the thing is this: <laughs> I took the shot. I failed miserably. It it didn't go my night. It wasn't my night. But you took the shot. I took the fucking so shot. So would you so rather take well the shot and and be, look Fuck like Jessica yeah. I, or or would you rather like kind of just have a five round, you know, where you were just picked apart? Take the fight like I'd go out with just like Jessica I did. Okay. And, no, it's uh, just good to know. It's she's just got, good to I'm know. sure she's got no regrets. She went after it. You know, you zip when you should have zagged. You're getting you're getting floored. Okay. Mm, okay. You go with a hey man. I got my hands low. She's kicking my head off. I'm not <laughs> fucking with Valentina. So that's like getting hit with a bat. You know what I mean? Anybody's getting laid out with that. Look what just happened to Holly Holm. So oh, nobody man. is punch proof. Nobody is shin proof. So Knee it's proof. all about anytime you're Except looking to hurt somebody. Not bringing anytime, it up again. Anytime you're looking to hurt somebody, you're in a position to get hurt. 
you got to realize that. So that's the, that's what we sign up for. So if you're not in, if you're not saying, if you're not willing to say, all right, by me trying to land this shot, I might get hurt. All right, then you're not willing to take what it give what it takes. Well, you know moving I mean? on to let's go to fight number four, even though we're all, all over the card. I think we should give some attention to Uzdemir versus Latifi since we're talking oh, about knockouts. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. I mean, no, it, I was going to say, we'll make time for no time. I mean, Boo. look, put, he, was, he put on a high pace. It was a left hook finish. Th- we had Vulcan on last week, right? Yeah. And what I was so impressed with, I was impressed with to the point of cocky, how confident he was. He was going, look, I don't want to say that Latifi, I, I don't, he didn't want to talk bad as Latifi as a, as a, as a what kind of caliber fighter he was, but he's saying about his past opponents with, um, with DC, with uh, Lionheart, Anthony Smith, and uh, with Dominic Reyes. He's talking about these guys and he's saying, look, man, I'm fighting. And Dominic Reyes is a fight that could have yeah. went both ways. Yeah. He still feels uh, that he won that. He's saying, look, this is a caliber of fighter where it's, he, it's, I'm not a gimme fight, but he was so confident where he's like, now nah, listen, I, I'm going to, like, he's going to take care of business. He knew he was taking care of business. He was on, and I'm like, and I picked Latifi. Latifi's a little bull. Really? And he's, I'm thinking Latifi would commit a little bit more as far as the feints low coming up high instead of committing. I think, I believe, I didn't feel that, I didn't think, in hindsight, I think Felipe thought he was, gonna, uh, uh, I think um, uh, Latifi thought he was going to get him down and take care of him. He was going to DC him. How DC just crucifixed them, you know? Uh, I thought he thought the grab, but he couldn't get it there. I was impressed when Vulcan had his leg up, didn't give a shit. Yeah. Took that thing away, started making his frames, getting his foot to the floor, immediately started making him pay. Accurate with his striking. I can't say enough about Vulcan because Latifi is a stud and damn does he have a chin, but he was so accurate. With his strikes, his his wrestling was on point. Very very high pace. He said that he figured because Latifi does get tired, he hurt him with the knee first, and oh, then wow. Latifi wound up getting up, and then they continued to fight, and that's when uh, I think Guzdemir landed one or two lefts, and that's what dropped him, and then he hit him on the ground just to kind of finish it before the ref stepped in, and it, you know it was a Guzdemir he, he he needed a win, you know obviously he needed a win, he needed to get back into the win column and. I think he's going to take a little bit of time before he comes back, but it's he's happy to be back in the with a W. His hand, he has hand issues. Well, listen, well, he hits like a, a truck. So <laughs> maybe that's why. I mean, I, I can't say enough. <laughs> can't say enough about him. Uh, what an impressive. Co- what I mean, listen, good fights. I had a good time. I'm going to go over to picks, I guess, when Jimmy's here because well, we didn't pick him when you were here. Listen, really quick. Can I take a pee we, break? Let's, uh, you know, we're going to end now. Okay. We're going to end. We're going to have to. You know what sucks? What? We didn't talk about the boys. That's right. Two seconds. How bad do you have to pay? Pretty bad. Everybody. <laughs> I've had to pee since we, we were on the phone love, with Daniel Cormier. We got to end. We've gone an hour. <laughs> Listen to me. The boys, picture a bad Justice League. The, the These superheroes are a bunch of pricks. It's yeah. amazing. Phoenix, you can't even talk about it because you got, you got like, like you're, you got like water in your eyes. You got to really go like pee pee. I really do. Phoenix, I, you can I tell because you have I daughters, right? I'm, I'm like gonna, sitting in this chair all crunched. Everybody, like. the next time Phoenix is here, I'll talk about it when Jimmy's here too. But you love but the you boys. Know, you know, I really liked it. Listen, I, can't, L- I, love I listen, I love Marvel, but it's, it's so oversaturated with superheroes right now. Like sometimes I need some breathing room. 
Don't look at me like that. Uh, me? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you I'm looked at me at, like I broke your heart. No, I'm looking at you like at a point like where there's a little Ant Man character and they're in an uh, R rated scene here where um, I think he's in the they're in a bar and it looks like he's gonna jump into like a, a he's running and I'm like oh he's gonna jump probably into a big lick a bar, bar, a big barrel of alcohol or something or a bottle he jumps into a woman's vagina. Is that in the show? The episode. I didn't see that in the first. Anyway, episode. Phoenix, listen to me. It's a, it's a definitely Where not for kids. I? Don't it's watch. Not for kids. Don't watch the show with kids. No. Uh, there's, there's, it's a, it's like very superheroes being naughty. Yes. And some regular, regular Joes that aren't going to take it anymore. No, it's good. I love and the, the show. Action the action is very good. I love this show, and I can't wait. I'm only me and you both watched the first episode. Ended with a fucking doozy. I can't wait to watch the rest. We're going to talk I more about it. can't wait to go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. What do you want to plug? <laughs> uh, just, you know, hit me up on social media. What's Access your... TV Fights. And... Is that it? Yeah, that's what, it. What's your, what's your Instagram? Phoenix Carnavale. Phoenix Carnavale. What's your favorite color? All right, go ahead, Phoenix. Go to the bathroom. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, And you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.